Hey everyone, I'm Sean West and I'd like to welcome you to Connect with West. On Connect with West, we're going to meet with people from all walks of life to share stories of their life, lessons they've learned along the way and the process they took to get there. We truly believe that connection is the greatest gift we have been given. There's so much power when we have curiosity in our connections. Today we have a wonderful guest. Uh, he's a guy that I have known for a good bit just through recruiting circles, watching him uh, grow up as a high school player, then actually coaching against him in college. Uh, our guest is Tone Cockrell. He is now the Assistant Commissioner of Strategic Initiatives for the Colonial States Athletic Conference. Uh, he was a hell of a basketball player at Marywood and Keystone College, a multiple-time all-region player, multiple-time first-team selection for the CSAC, 1,000-point scorer, killed us on a buzzer beater this past year when his team, Keystone, came to Bryn Athen. Uh, but I'm so fired up to have Tone on the podcast. Tone, how you doing, man? Coach, I'm great. Thanks for welcoming me today. Uh, you know, excited to have some good conversation with you. Uh, good, good to catch up a little bit. I know we haven't really talked much since last season, but, you know, excited for today. For sure. For sure. So you just graduated from Keystone and you took on a new role within the CSAC. How's that transition been and, and what really drew you to that position? So, Coach, um, you know, Funny enough, I actually had um, on my on the CSACs podcast, you know, had some conversation with um, a great player, Olivia Zepp. She's a volleyball player for Karen. And one of the things that, you know, she kind of told me was her injury last year with um, her torn ACL. It was like kind of a blessing in disguise. So I, I kind of pondered with that a little bit. Um, and I just thought for myself, as you know, you know, last year I went through that ankle break. So I was mm -hmm. out for a majority of the season, came back and broke my other one. Um, so, you know, of course I was down at the time, but, you know, through those seven games that I set straight, just kind of like, you know, analyzing the game, you know, I felt as though maybe overseas wouldn't be the best route for me um, just because, you know, I didn't want to put my body through that anymore. Um, so, you know, sat back, talked to Coop a little bit, um, had some conversation with my family and, and, you know, I figured why not start getting the sports administration world early um, at my, at 23 years old, if I start early by 30, I'm going to be the top of the game. So, um, you know, connected with Marie and James Wagg with the CSAC, um, great people. They love my energy um, and they just kind of gave me the opportunity. So it was, a, it was a lot about, you know, connecting and networking and just kind of putting myself out there, you know, being being myself. Everybody knows my personality. Um, and, you know, I felt as though being around the game of sports is something that I love. So this is just a great opportunity for me. And so far, Marie and I, we've been like, like two peas in a pod, like we work <laughs> hand in hand. So it's been really cool just traveling and just enjoying the experiences and, you know, working with coaches such as yourself and different sports around the conference that, you know, I've never even been to a field hockey game before, but now I have. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's different, right? When I took over as SID and I had to, you know, get stuff set up for statting and understand the rules. And like, I had a basic knowledge of volleyball. Field hockey is completely foreign to me. Uh, men's across and women's across is a completely foreign. different game. It, it's just like, you just get thrown into the fire and you're like, all right, well, here, here we go. Uh, what, so what's your typical day look like as the assistant commissioner for strategic initiative? So um, what's like a normal day look like for you? So um, 
And during my interview process, Marie kind of told me, I kind of asked her that question, like, so Marie, like, what's a typical day going to look like for me? And she was straight over with me, like, Tone, none of our days are the same. No two days align. So I've just got, been kind of figuring that out, like, um, you know, throughout my journey so far. Um, you know, my first week, I just kept kind of trying to figure out a pace. I'm like, I need, I need to know, like, what, what is the pace going to be? But now it, there is really no specific pace. Each week we're doing something different. So a typical day, um, you know, I would say me, me and Marie, we start off with a morning meeting around 10 a.m. Um, just to kind of lay out, you know, different responsibilities we have throughout the week. And if we need help from each other, um, you know, how, how, how we can assist each other. And then we talk about just life, updates in life with each other. Um, and I think that's actually drawing us closer to having a better work relationship. You know, um, just it, it's not just on the surface. It's kind of, you know, we, we know kind of personal things about each other. So I'm very appreciative with that. Um, so we start off with morning meetings. Then we'll maybe have, um, you know, some type of meeting with coaches in the afternoon. Um, and then we'll have a, a meeting with a, a third party source, such as, um, you know, Mark Goldberg with uh, Momentum Sports, um, who's doing a publication for us, you know, later in the afternoon. So like, it's, it's a bunch of meetings, um, just a bunch of scheduling, getting uh, polls out, emails out, updating things. Um, so I can't really give you like a specific of, you know, what a typical day to day looks like, but you know, the, the pace is, is just up and down. And I, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for it because, you know, I go into every day, not really knowing like, okay, what's today going to be, but you know, just figuring it out is, is pretty amazing. What's been your favorite part of the job so far? Um, I would have to say implementing the podcast. Um, I just felt as though, you know, Marie kind of just gave me like 100% access to that. Like, here, this is your thing. This You're going to promote this for us. You're going to push this for us. Um, so just do, being able to do that my way, putting my twist on things, um, you know, just kind of setting up the whole thing by myself. It's, 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 it's a great feeling because, you know, going to a new environment is, you know, I kind of wanted to take a, a, a step back just to kind of analyze and see how, how I could, you know, fit in. But you know, she kind of threw me into the fire with this. And it's like, I'm publishing these things for the whole conference and other people to see. So it's like, dang, I'm really taking on a big role. And that's it's pretty cool to me. What what drove you to do the podcast? I know that was like one of the things that you're really excited to get going. What drove you to to start uh, inside the CSAC? Um, so Maria and I, we kind of talked about it just, um, you know, from the initial interview process. Um, and then, you know, she really loved the idea. So I felt as though, with myself and, you know, just knowing a lot of student athletes, you know, around the CSAC um, and not even in the CSAC, but just around the sports world, you know, I'm like, they want to, they want to have their, their, their stories heard within their, their college experiences or their high school experiences. So why not give them a platform where they can do that? You know, the, the players of the week and everything that's cool and all, but, you know, giving them that extra voice so that people out here, you know, other people can understand like, you know, what a college athletic experience is really like, you know, um, you can't really get that just by going on an Instagram page and seeing, oh, this kid averages 20, he won player of the week. Like, what does his schedule consist of? You know, how many, how, how often does he get in that gym, put in that work? Um, you know, he, he might have a 6 a.m. class and then have to go to 7 a.m. practice, you know? So it's just a little bit more deeper than what people think. And I feel as though, you know, giving our athletes that chance to express that and go, go through their successes, you know, knowing that they have deeper things going on, um, it, it, it just you know, a beautiful thing. So as long as I can keep giving them that platform, we can keep pushing this. I think we'll have some success with this. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, stories are what uh, allows all of us to connect. It humanizes us all. Like we can look at 
Um, I, I tell my players all the time, like you'd be actually very surprised what connections you all share. You know, like I have a, I have a player on my team. Uh, his name is QG and he and I grew up completely different. He, he grew up in the projects of North Philly. I grew up uh, in Howard County um, in a really nice school district. Like I didn't, like we just grew up completely different. Uh, but one of the things that we were able to connect on through the recruiting process and even after he had committed is, you know, I, I lost a lot of loved ones at a, at a pretty young age. I lost my two brothers and my father in a six year span. And, you know, he lost his mother, he's lost his grandmother. And it's amazing when uh, you can hear those stories. And I know that's a, a more sad story, but when you hear people's stories, you can actually get to know them and see them for, for who they are. And um, I think it's it's really cool what you're doing with the inside the CSAC. And I'm definitely following it. I'm excited to, to see as it continues to grow. I'm going to be really excited when one of my Bryn Athen players are able to get on there. Hopefully, if they if they are able to sure. to be a guest. Uh, but so you said that you wanted to get into sports administration early. Uh, what draws you to sports administration? What's the dream for you? If, if you said, all right, I want to see myself at, at this place by the time I'm 30, what does that look like? So after high school, um, well, actually, my, my love for sports administration kind of started in high school. Um, I had a great athletic director. I went to Landon School. And Bethesda had a great athletic director and I used to just go in his office and just like, you know, pick his mind about different things. Um, and, you know, I kind of grew my love for that. It's just, you know, seeing how he would run the school, run the different sports programs, all the meetings that he was going to, all the important people that he used to talk to. So right from high school, I knew like, okay, one day I want to be athletic director. Going into college is kind of where I had to figure out the pieces, right? So my first, um, my first weeks in junior year, I actually connected with the former athletic director and and the power of networking is so beautiful because you know i did that right away um you know just people that you think that they can help you along the way or you know if just having a simple conversation how you doing it can spark something that you don't even realize is happening um so i had a doc mode who's a former athletic director at keystone college very great guy um, you know, we, we kind of talked a lot about, you know, just a different path for me to take in order to become an athletic director. Um, so I, you know, wrote those ideas down and, you know, connected with him back and forth throughout the year. And then following that, I connected with, um, our current athletic director, um, at Keystone, I mean, yeah, at Keystone and, you know, he, he just kind of gave me some guidance in order to, you know, pursue that route as well. So just connecting with those different people and, you know, seeing their point of views and their paths kind of really inspired me, um, especially knowing what I wanted to do already. So, you know, taking this role, just kind of building my resume, I'm working with Marie, you know, teaching me how to basically run a conference has been great for me um, because, you know, running a conference is a, a little step up from running a whole, uh, running a school, but, you know, just these different experiences will help me along the way. Um, so that athletic director, that's definitely a goal of mine one day in the future. Um, just taking it one step at a time though, obviously. <laughs> For sure. No, I'm, it's a, uh, it's a journey and you know, the journey is a reward. I know like when I started, if you would have told me tone back in college that I'd be a basketball coach, I'd be like, you're, you're lying, man. Like it ain't no way. Like I, I started coaching high school basketball when I was 19 years old and I only was doing it for, to help my brother. And I thought it'd be a little fun. Uh, and then I didn't, I didn't think I wanted to do it after I, I graduated college and here I am about to, heading to year 13 as a coach. Uh, 
you know, and it's, it's pretty crazy right. to, to see, you know, where I was at, you know, at a small private high school to now, you know, coaching division three. And, and it's, I love that you're starting young um, because I think the best way to, to cut your teeth is just by doing the work that you want to do. So it's, it's cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how we even got connected. Cause I think that's, this is kind of unique. Um, and it just speaks to like, you know, with our program, we, we have connections, our number one core value. And we say connection is the greatest gift. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast. But um, you reached out to me on Instagram after our game uh, that you hit the buzzer beater. And that, God damn, that was a, that was a hell of a shot. You're, you shot that thing as you were coming down. Uh, but I, one of your teammates, Terrell Lacoste, that's, that's one of my young boys. I, I've, I've known Terrell since he was in middle school. Um, and so that's how we connected and, and we just stayed in touch, you know, and, and, you know, I know when you guys made playoffs, I, you know, I shot you a DM and, you know, I said good luck and everything like that. Um, you know, was, what did you, for you with the, the connection? Cause I, I appreciate the relationship that we've been able to, to develop and we've, you know, stayed in contact. What's your view on the relationship and how it started? So, Coach, honestly, I, I just, you know, really love connecting with genuine people. And, you know, seeing how your boys connect with you on the floor, like, you know, that was that was a special thing to me. Even being an opponent, you know, just seeing you guys' relationship, you know, how you hype your guys up, how you, how you were coaching them, you know, just keeping them motivated throughout the game. And I feel as though, you know, sometimes the passion, you know, with, with college sports, high school sports is, is taken away. And, you know, just to see that, you know, we have still special people, such as yourself, um, still showing that passion for our guys and still wanting to succeed, you know, that love for your boys off the court and on the court is, you know, is there. And I, I can see that. I, I seen that right away, you know, just warming up, seeing you talk to the guys. I'm like, wow, this is a real genuine dude. Like, you know, so I really appreciated that from the jump. And I'm like, all right, let me let me go ahead and connect with Coach because, you know, we don't have that many genuine people in this community anymore. Um, you know, so I just wanted to give you your flowers. Um, you know, I definitely wanted to come into the show giving you your flowers. That you know you're really appreciated around the, the community, coach, and what you're doing is, is a really good thing. Um, just not just uh, impacting these boys' lives, you know, on the court and off the court, giving them a platform and an opportunity to play the game that they love and do what they love doing. So, I'm I'm going to continue to support you, and you know, you know how we are. You're my guy, um, sure. and I, I just appreciate you of that. So our, our relationship is it's a great one. No, I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate those kind words, and you know, I it was a. Uh, it made my night when you reached out because I wasn't expecting it. And uh, to give me, you know, that, that type of praise just meant a lot um, to me. Um, and, you know, obviously anything I can do to help you out, like that's, that's always going to happen. Um, so what I want to talk about now is like a little bit of your journey. You said, you mentioned where you went to high school, Landon. We're both Maryland guys. Um, you know, well, yeah. DMV, I'm not DMV. I'm, I'm Howard County. I'm not claiming DMV. Um but yeah. you know, same thing. Like my Baltimore guys, like they're some of my my kids on the team will say DMV, and my Baltimore guys are like, nah, we're not DMV, we're we're Baltimore. Um, but yeah. then you out of Landon, you went to Marywood for two years. What made you out of Landon choose Marywood to start your college career? So um, I started off at Wise High School actually. Uh, my first two years, and I transferred over to Landon under uh, Coach Rory Perkins. Alongside my cousin Donnell um, Freyer, you know, we decided to go there together and try to get this thing going um, and kind of start something over there. So 
that's what that's what we did. Um, you know, had a great two years over at Landon. Um, originally, you know, I, I had a couple of different different looks. Was going to go to a couple of different places, but um, Enrico Mastriani, he saw me at a couple of tournaments um, when I was playing with Maryland defenders under um, Dante Anderson and Jasmine Anderson. So he came back to see me a couple of times, really liked my game. Um, and then we kind of talked a little bit, you know, connected for a couple of days. And this was actually two weeks before school started, you know, and I really have anywhere to go. I was going to go to Juco route, but, you know, I kind of wanted that four-year experience throughout my whole four years. So, you know, I went over to Marywood, um, played with some great players, Jeremy Ringland, um, Tip Schwartz, um, you know, Jack Day Groot, uh, Joey Monahan. you know, one of my brothers just passed away not too long ago, Joey Monahan, um, forever in our hearts. Um, you know, but play with some great guys, but the situation over there just wasn't, you know, best for me. I know what kind of college experience I wanted. Um, and, you know, it just didn't bring that for me. So connected with Brad Coop, such as yourself, I seen, you know, how he was a genuine person to his guys playing against him. Um, so kind of got connected with him, um, went on to, wanted to visit at Keystone, um, seeing one of my professors who was actually a, a adjunct professor at Marywood, Dana Harris, one of literally my best friends, um, seeing that she was over there, I'm like, Dana, I didn't know you were here. And like, that was kind of like the deal breaker for me. I'm like, all right, I got to I gotta get over to Keystone. The campus is beautiful. They're very welcoming. Um, you know, Coop let me know that you're going to have an opportunity to, you know, to work for the starting spot, you know. Um, so that's all I needed to hear. Like, you know, my, my game was going to, you know, my work and my game was going to put on for itself. I knew that. I just needed the opportunity. Um, and I went from, you know, averaging like eight points to 20 points all region all conference so that it was it was a it was a good opportunity for me so i kind of i kind of seen that you know the keystone community was it was very welcoming and you know it was a, it was a home feeling which i won i knew i wanted from with a college experience um class sizes were small you know so i knew i had an opportunity to connect with all my professors and um just some of the faculty administration around um and they showed me a lot of love so i didn't really feel that way you know with the whole community at marywood um, so that was a big drawing point for me. And, you know, I just felt as though like you know, I talked to my father, talked to my mother, and they told me, you know, you got to take the chance in life. Um, sometimes, you know, things don't work out the first time around, but, um, you know, fortunate enough, you know, I got my second opportunity. Um, thanks to Brad Cooper. So, you know, I'll forever appreciate him for that. I'm um, just trusting in me and, you know, um, putting me in a position that, you know, I can succeed in life. So um, that, that opportunity at Keystone was there for me and I just kind of took it. No doubt. Coop, like you said, Coop's a genuine dude. I know uh, down at the Final Four, we were able to connect even more. Uh, him and, and Kyle uh, were down there, and we were all hanging out at the Final Four. Um, what, so I think you mentioned it, but I want to circle back. that You said that you were looking for something a little bit different from your college experience. Uh, what was the thing that Keystone provided that was different, that was, like, really amazing for you and was, like, the biggest – factor in, in your journey like hey I, I'm gonna switch my path just a little bit and go to Keystone um so honestly speaking it was it's definitely on the you know sports side you know I knew what type of player I was um you know just under under the coaching of uh Dante Anderson who I mentioned and Jasmine Anderson they, they coached me up to be you know something special they coached me up to be a dog um you know I, I didn't I didn't want to waste that you know just you know, I mean, planning, planning the system, you know, it's a beautiful thing, you know, college basketball, everybody has a system, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, sometimes you can be playing the wrong system and that's okay. Um, so, you know, I talked to them a lot too about that. Like, you know, just, I don't think I'm in the right system. It's not the right fit for me. Um, you know, and just seeing talk, having those conversations with Coop, seeing how he ran his team. Um, 
it was it was a great system. So that was it was a good drawing point for me. Um, just to to know that you know I'm going to I'm going to be able to lead a team. You know, mm-hmm. in the way I know how, the way I've been doing. You know, with Maryland defenders and high school. Um, along along with that though, just like the the, the home feeling of you know the community around Keystone. Um, you know, walking on that campus, just receiving like love just from you know your peers and you know faculty members. You go into admissions office, they show you love. You know that that's a that's a great that's a great feeling. You know, for a student athlete, um, even to the to the um, people in the cafeteria. You know, just knowing your name. You know, knowing what you like to eat. Like it's just a beautiful thing to me. So, um, you know, just that atmosphere was definitely there for me, and I was appreciative of that with Keystone. So it definitely drew me into, into Keystone. For sure. No, that's, that's all. I, when I recruit guys, I always tell them like, um, the first thing is like, you got to go where you're loved, right? Because if you go where you're loved and, and they show that, you know, they've been on you and that they're valuing you and, and everything like that, like, it's really hard for the other stuff not to, to be figured out. Obviously, there's the other pieces, a part of the college decision for a student athlete with making sure the system, you know, is, is the right fit. Um, but I think as humans, we all want to be seen, we all want to be heard, and we all want to be loved. And the people that we interact with the most when you're a student athlete is almost always going to be your coach, is almost always going to be your teammates. And this isn't to knock, you know, one school or another school. Like, we we have dudes transfer out of Brent Athens all the time. And it's not because, like, you know, it's just not the right fit for them but like when you are loved and you are seen and you feel valued from people like for you coop your teammates admissions you know your professors uh i think it's just you know that's when beautiful memories and and beautiful moments can be created for you what was your favorite memory as a student at keystone and your favorite memory as a student athlete um so before i answer that question coach i just kind of want to piggyback on you know what you said just to be loved in the community um, you know, from a, from a JIT, seven years old, eight years old, when I first moved to the United States, um, I played under Leon Rivers, a great mentor of mine to this day. Um, and he always told, taught us, you know, don't go somewhere where you're like, go somewhere where you love. Um, and that didn't really register to me until I actually got to the college level. Like, what does he mean by that? Like, you know what I mean? Um, but just seeing that that's, it's a huge difference. So like to other, you know, athletes out there that are, you know, watching this podcast, um, just, if I can't leave you any more advice, I just want to leave you with that um, from, you know, one of my great mentors, Leon Rivers. Just don't go anywhere where you like. Go go somewhere where you love. Um, but to answer your question, Coach, um, probably my favorite memory as a student, I'll start off a student ath- uh, uh, athlete at Keystone. My favorite memory, um, I don't know, I had a lot of great memories, but I would say probably <laughs> junior year. Um I would, yeah, I'll say junior year when we played against uh, York College, uh, very gritty team. You know, they were they were after they were, you know, um, we had a, we also had a great team that year too. Um, but you know, we're we're pretty we're up pretty much the whole game. I think I had like 28, 29, something like that. Um, you know, but it's down to the wire. You know, and and this is where I this is where I first felt that Keystone love like on mm-hmm. the court, and it was just like a great feeling. It was the beginning of the year, so you know, me being a transfer. People kind of knew me, but they they didn't really know me, you know. Yeah. Um. So, I dropped. We, we we're down two. Uh, we got the ball. I dropped. Uh, Coop draw, draws up a play for us. And if if you watch this video, it's still on YouTube. And Coop Coop gonna laugh when he hear this. And I hope he does. 
He's standing behind the bench. Coop's not even on the bench anymore. He's standing behind the bench with two seconds left. <laughs> so they throw the ball into me. You know, I chop the guy up, uh, do a spin move, hang it in the air, and then bring it back down and lay it, you know, to tie the game up to go into overtime. We eventually won that game. I said, Coop, what were you doing back there? He said, I was praying. <laughs> I said, all right, Coop. I said, all right, man. But, you know, the, the crowd went crazy. Um, everybody had their phones out recording. You could see all the flashlights. Um, you know, the commentators went crazy. And it, it was just like a great feeling on the court just to know, you know, like, dang, I just impacted the game this crazy. Like, it's, I, I repped the crowd like this. Like, you know, and, you know, no um, no shortage to my teammates. Um, they supported me the whole way. You know, they knew, you know, we're going to get Tony the ball. He's feeling it. Um, and if it was any one of them that was feeling that day too, you know, I would have made sure they had the ball in their hands. But just to know, like, that love was there from the crowd, my team, Coop putting that trust in me, like, that was, a, that was probably one of my best feelings in college basketball. Um, from a, a student perspective, um, honestly, I would say, you know, just making opportunities for myself. And, I, and I'll say this in this sense. Um, so going into grad year, um, I didn't really know. Well, I knew I wanted to return to Keystone, but, mm -hmm. you know, just under certain circumstances. I talked to Coop, and we, we both knew that, you know, he wanted to be back for my last year. Um, but, you know, I didn't want to pay for grad school. Um, so just being able to, you know, connect and network myself and, you know, having my name ring bells around campus, I reached out to Jen Sequel, who was in, uh, the director of admissions at the time, and just let her know, you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing a uh, grad assistantship. And first thing she says to me, Tone, um, you know, we haven't met before, but, you know, everybody on campus loves you. I would, I would like, I would, it would be an honor to work with you and, you know, have you work with admissions. So I'm like, wow. Like, it's just like a beautiful feeling. Like, like I said, just knowing that that love is there around campus and you do positive things for the community, such as, you know, you know, being good on the basketball court or just saying hi to somebody, um, you know, your, your name will, will float around in a positive aspect, you know? So I definitely appreciated that. And I was able to get, um, my master's degree paid for, so you know it was a win-win situation. About. Yeah, that's what it's about. What'd you What'd you think of your year in admissions? I did I did two years in admissions when I was at Hook College as an assistant. What'd you think of admission work? So I, I loved it actually. Um, I ended up basically serving as an admissions counselor. Um, mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of turnover in admissions. Obviously, you know that. Yep. Um, you know, and then I I ended up you know becoming like real good friends with my boss after Jen, um, Marine. Um, Maureen Kravis, you know, we're still good friends to this day. You know, she supports me along my journeys, asks me how's work going all the time. Um, you know, I'll call her just to talk mess with her about anything. Um, but, you know, it was a great opportunity. They treated me just like I was an admissions counselor. Only thing only thing with that is just I couldn't go on the road and travel, yeah. you know, obviously because I'm still a student. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it was a great experience. I learned, you know, how to – and it actually helped me with, you know, building my – resume in order to get this position with the CSAC so it was just a win-win for me and I I just feel as though life comes in full circles you know like everything happens for a reason so you know you know God set me up to you know be at Keystone in order to you know play on the team dominate and then you know get that grad assistantship and then now work with the CSAC so yeah definitely you know just I would say that getting that assistant grad assistantship you know with Keystone was a a great feeling for me and my parents just knowing that, you know, we got that free college. <laughs> for sure. No, I did it. I, I, I tell people all the time, what's meant for you will never miss you. What misses you was never meant for you. And, and it's sometimes really hard to see, like we both have had doors closed for us and it, and it can feel like, man, like this, this sucks. But at the same time too, when has it not worked out? When has it not been okay? Cause like, um, 
Yeah, you know, and, and and that takes time. That that takes perspective. Uh, one of the things I heard recently is the fastest way you can get anywhere is by going slow, because when you can slow yourself down and just be present and just appreciate what's going on around you, what's happening, you're able to be more sound. You're able to be more more clear and and um, really be able to just have a lot of gratitude and appreciation for what you're experiencing. And it doesn't mean it's it's fun in the moment. Like last year. For our season, it sucked, dude. Like I, I, I tell our guys all the time, like that that seven and eighteen year weighed on me personally in ways that I I could have never imagined. Uh, but at the same time, too, I was just looking at it the wrong way. And once I was able to slow myself down and get perspective and to see like how everything works out the way it's supposed to. I'm sure for you, you were probably stressing two weeks before the school started when you went to Marywood, like you didn't know what was going on and. You know, the Marywood situation wasn't the best, but then you have a hell of a situation at Keystone that you made the most of the opportunity. And those opportunities led to other opportunities. And now here you are starting your path to your dream profession and you're able to have all this perspective. And I think, you know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on to the pod is just because I think you have an interesting story and how you've been able to just carve out your own path. And, you know, I'm sure there have been times where it's like, you know, people might have said, I don't know, Tony, I don't know if that's the right move. And, and you might have said, I don't know. But like, look at you now, like you're you're in a really, really great situation to, you know, put your stamp on a, on a lot of areas within the CSAC. And I think the CSAC has room to grow and, and to to improve in very unique ways. And I know Marie is very committed to that. She's sending out the survey for, for all that. And I'm excited to um, be a part of that committee whenever we, we get going with that. Um, for sure. I guess for for you, um, what would you, what advice would you give to eighteen year old Tone? So you have five years experience now. What would you, what advice would you give to eighteen year old Tone? Um, some advice I would give eighteen year old Tone. Wow, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, you know, just some. I guess probably just some some real advice I'll give myself just you know stay the course and it'll it'll always work out like you said just just continue to stay the course and you know and I'm not saying that in the sense of you know just stick stick in the path even if it's not working for you nah stay the course as in you know sometimes you you gotta you gotta go left you gotta go right but you know you you you're still going forward you know um you know just from my situation at Marywood and coming over to Keystone you know I I carved up like you said I carved those carved out those opportunities for myself. You know, I went left a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I still knew what the goal was at hand, you know, so I was able to go forward. Um, and, you know, just that advice, not only to myself, but just to, to my young brothers, you know, at, at Keystone, you know, I, I started to notice that I got older, like how much I was I was inspiring them. Um, and I definitely can appreciate that a lot because, you know, I didn't I never really seen myself in that that kind of mentor role for people just yet. I knew it would be there one day, but, you know, um, Al Pella over at Keystone, uh, number 33, such a good yep. guy. Um, he, he tells me almost every day how much I, I inspire him. So just showing my my brothers over there, um, you know, like you can you can come out of college, you can have a great career and then, you know, do X, Y and Z. You know, you have no limits. You know, um, I felt this, though, you know, it's just it's just an honor for me right now, just at, as to where I am right now, just showing them a different path and showing my 18 year old self a different path. <laughs> um, you know, than what I was thinking, like overseas or nothing, overseas or nothing, but you know, you know, life has different callings for you. Um, 
And as long as you just stay the course with it, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get to that one day. For sure. For sure. It's, it's interesting that um, I talked to my one friend, Asa Duval on the podcast. He's like, the plan never ends up being the plan, but whatever you end up at, that's exactly where you're supposed to be and to, to thrive. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you took some time to, to share a little bit about your story. Uh, one of the things that we do at the end of every pod is we do a little bit of rapid fire. Uh, try and answer in one word, one sentence. Uh, if I have a follow-up question about any of your answers, I'll, I'll go ahead and fire those away. But um, you ready for rapid fire? Let's do it. All right, bet. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Love and Basketball. Why? Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Last song you listened to? Um, uh, All the Stars by um, SZA and Kendrick Lamar. Um, and that's because uh, me and me and my girlfriend, Joey Monahan, um, you know, that was our favorite song. We used to listen to that all the time. So my favorite song to this day. For sure. Who, who, uh, this isn't rapid fire, but who are like the top three or four artists that's on your, your Apple music or Spotify that you play every day? Every day. Um, yeah. I got, I got to bump some keyed every day. I got a little keyed. I'm bumping him every day. Um, I got scissor. She's, she's on my top two all the time. Um, Shout out to Eddie, Eddie Gonzalez. Uh, that's my guy. You know, we listen to his all the time. Um, and then I would say my third is probably um, OT7 Kwani out of Philly. Yep. You know, he's he's hot right now, you know, so yep. I'm bumping him daily. Yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Wow. <laughs> hey, coach, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, coach. Um, worst advice. I don't. I think I've gotten all good advice from from some great people. Um, if if it was bad advice, I probably tuned it out. So I'm, I'm the same remember. way. I'm the same <laughs> way. I came up with these questions. I couldn't even answer that question when I did a solo pod. So I understand. What, what's the best advice you ever been given? Um, best advice ever been given. I know definitely top two advice, which I said already, um, to just not go somewhere where you like, go go somewhere where you love from um, one of my coaches, Leon Rivers. That's definitely top two advice in my life that I've ever been given. And that goes to all aspects of life, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, some other advice, you know, just, just from, my, from my parents, you know, just telling me like, and this is this is kind of cliche, but, you know, just to, just to always keep your head up and just keep pushing. And I, I kind of took that with me into college by, you know, I had some real depressing days, you know, in college, you know, where I just cried and suddenly phone my mom, but I just had, always had to keep pushing. Yeah. I sometimes have to battle just showing up, right? Like even, yeah. even when you're down, just, just show up. So I, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, for you, if you could pass one rule for the whole world to live by, what would it be and why? Hmm. It would probably be, probably the, probably compliment somebody every single day i would say that just because just because you know i I feel as though you know you you don't know if somebody's having a bad day or you know just and it's something as simple as you know i I like your hair or you know you you have a good smile that can light up their whole day and start and trigger a whole great week for them and they can be the most successful person after that 
without a doubt. One of the rules that we have in our program is our guys cannot walk across campus with their phones out. Uh, so if they see people walking by, they got to put their phone in the pocket and I got to say, hey, how you doing? And uh, they have to do that to, to every single person that they pass. They have to hold the doors for people. I have to say, thank you. I appreciate you. That's a that's a rule that the whole campus knows our men's basketball team has to do. And I tell them, like, you never know what that, what that hey, how you doing with a smile, what that's going to do for that person, right? That that right. that could change their day. That day could turn into a week, that week to a month, that month to a year, that year to a life. You never know. But if you right. if you impact 10 people and those 10 people impact 10 people and they impact 10 people, now we're changing the world. You know, just by saying, hey, how are you doing? Just by giving them a compliment, expressing gratitude. And I, I think that's so beautiful. And I, I love that. That has not been an answer yet on the podcast. So I appreciate you. Yeah, for appreciate sure. You saying that. that hits close to home. Uh, who is your favorite teammate in college? My favorite teammate in college. Ah, <laughs> um, okay. I got two answers. If, if I could have played with them, because well, he, he was he was a year before me, but if I could have played with him, it would have been Mark Gilliam from Keystone, um, from Keystone College. He was over when I was at Marywood, my freshman year, he was a senior at Keystone. And yep. I'll tell you why. Mark is 6'4, I'm 5'10, but we literally play the same exact way. I don't think there's a, a, a single difference in our game. Yeah. And like, he's actually one of the reasons I went to Keystone, um, okay. just connecting with him and getting over there. Um, so, you know, me, Coop, and Mark, we always say all the time, like, wow, what it would have been if we could have played together, take me off ball, let Mark just be on ball the whole time. Um, so, yeah, definitely Mark Gilliam because, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just a great person, great mentor of mine too, um, and also a great athlete. But my favorite teammate of all time that I've played with under, in college, right? Yep, in college. In college. Can I pick two of them? Sure. <laughs> One, um, definitely Tip Schwartz uh, over at Marywood. Yeah. He, just because Tip, he's, he's, he was a freaking killer. Like, Tip, 6'5", sniper, can put it on the floor, dunk it on you. Oh, my God. Tip was just, he was just amazing. And then um, I would probably have to say another favorite teammate of mine, Gary Brown over at Keystone College. Um, just because me and Gary... You know, we started off at Marywood together, and we all, we actually transferred over to Keystone. After he, seeing I was coming, you know, I put in a word for him with Brad um, Cooper just to let him know, like, you know, I have another guy's willing to work hard. So Gary was along with me um, with my journey, like, you know, throughout my couple of years um, in college basketball. We've, like, been like this together. So, you know, he always support me, always support him. Um, and, you know, like, our relationship goes off the floor. So, you know, I definitely appreciate Gary Brown for that. For sure. Tone, my man, I, I appreciate you giving me about 45 minutes of your time on a on a busy on a busy Wednesday. Uh, one of the things I like to do for all of our guests is to be able to plug whatever you want, whether it's your social media, anything that you have going on. Um, so the floor is yours to plug whatever you want to plug. Um, so first, I just want to say, you know, Coach, I definitely appreciate you for having me on the podcast. Um, definitely a special opportunity. Uh, you know, our, you know how our relationship is and it'll continue to grow and I'll continue to support you and your team, um, you know, throughout, throughout the way and anything else you may do in life, you know, I'll be there to support. Um, but, you know, if if you guys could, I just want to leave you all with some advice, you know, whoever's watching this, whether it's, you know, some aspiring athletes or whatever, like, you know, just 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 stay the course, please just stay the course, you know, and, you know, make those opportunities for yourself because, you know, nobody's going to make them for you. You got to go out there and get it. Um, you know, it's a lot of people striving for just different opportunities in this life, but you know, you got to set yourself apart from others. Um, so 
whether that's on the floor, you got to work hard every day, wake up 6 a.m., put some shots up after a game, you know, drop 30, go put shots up after a game. Just keep going, you know, work harder than the next. Um, but, you know, if I want to plug something in, just everybody try to tap into the Inside CSAC podcast. You know, we're going to do some major things with that this upcoming year um, and hopefully the year after. I'm going to get some great special guests on there. Hopefully I can incorporate some more guests. So Inside the CSAC. Um, and that's on Spotify and uh, YouTube. So check that out. Cool. And we'll we'll make sure to drop the Inside the CSAC, uh, Inside the CSAC channel uh, in the description of the podcast so you guys can support what Tony is doing. We always want to support our guests and the stuff that they're doing. They, they do amazing things. And there's that is no different with, with Tone. Uh, Tone, I appreciate you for coming on to this episode of Connect with Wes. I know we'll be talking offline and everything else, but I wish you a, a, a happy rest of your week and I appreciate the time. This is Sean Westland signing off of Connect with West. Yes, sir.